cops and other law enforcement people have read it, what were some cases you worked on that made you think even if for a moment that something supernatural paranormal was going on? Not my story but it's interesting, back in high school my friend's family had a break-in. This family lived in a rural area and their land was a little tough to find. Most people got lost trying to find it the first time and usually they'd need to send someone to the road to flag down anyone that might be looking for them law enforcement, pizza guy, guests, etc. Some guy had broken into one of the sheds and had possibly stolen something so they had called the police in the middle of the night. This particular night, they didn't want to send anyone to the road because they thought the burglar was armed and possibly still in the area. The police seemed to have found their land easily and went about their business for the night. Investigating the shed and sweeping the property, they found the guy hiding in the barn and arrested him. Open and shut case, homeless transient that nabbed some tools from the shed. Once they were wrapping up, one of them said it was okay to call the lady that flagged them down at the entrance to their land back to the house. The family hadn't sent anyone to the road. Oh zero. Former paramedic and nurse here. Mine's a bit different. It's not a one-time event but rather a particular aspect of the job that makes me believe in. Well something else, let me ask you this, have you ever seen anybody die? Have you noticed people actually have two deaths? You see from what I've encountered people can die but their body carry on for hours. Now I'm not talking about a coma or vegetative state, you can literally look at a person and see they are empty, they've left, gone. And the scary part is you can literally see the moment it happens. I've seen it the other way too. In traumatic deaths the person's body, fails but they keep on fighting. Now I'm not saying this is proof of God or any other higher power but it does prove to me at least that there is more we don't understand. I am not a cop but this involves a cop so a. Eh? When I was 1920 I lived in Maryland and was obsessed with photographing abandoned houses in some of the rundown suburban areas around where I grew up. I got arrested aka driven home in cuffs and slapped on the wrist a lot for trespassing but I was dumb and this didn't stop me. So I went to this abandoned house that supposedly a cop was killed in and now no one lived there. It was pretty odd inside. The floor was a foot deep with just broken furniture and detritus. It was like whoever abandoned the place left everything they owned there and then kids came in and smashed it all and left it on the floor creepy house but i didn't feel anything oppressive or weird about it i was there during the day alone but i didn't get any chills or anything took photos of the downstairs and then went upstairs the stairs were wood and looked pretty secure not obviously rotted or anything while i'm up there i heard a cop car pull up outside and chirp its siren two cops came into the house and i yelled down where i was one of the cops told me to stay there and started to come upstairs i had gone up no problem and this dude was a skinny little rookie looking dude so we were honestly probably the same weight except that every time he put his weight on one of the steps it broke sometimes just a little so he kept going but twice his foot went all the way through the step it was the weirdest thing eventually he backed off and i came down None of the upper steps broke for me and I jumped down over the broken ones. They took me home and it was fine but that's still the weirdest experience of my life. Maybe something in that house still really hated cops. Not law enforcement but hospital chaplain. I was on call one night. I got a call from a nurse about 3am saying that she got stuck with a psych patient. As they were considered psychotic but not enough to be placed in the behavioral health unit. The PT was admitted a few days back but suddenly just stopped talking to the nurses, other than saying I'm dead, and I can't talk to the living. Working in an area with many drug abuse PTs and an unusually high amount of psych patients, an event like this wasn't too strange. However seeing as they were having a hard time trying to communicate with the PT, the nurse was kind of fed up and just called the on-call chaplain to see if I could help. I arrive at about 3am, and the nurse tells me what I just told you. 
The nurse escorts me in the room and the PT gives her the same one-liner spiel. Upon seeing me, she said oh, you're dead too, I can't talk to you. The PT then indicated for the nurse to leave. And I sat and talked for a good hour of this PT's concerns how they were going to die soon and felt unable to talk to any of the living. However, the PT insisted that I was dead too and that I was the only one she could talk to. Without breaking HIPAA, she gave some general end-of-life concerns one would typically see. With the added benefit of how she was able to get glimpses of heaven but because of this could not really talk to the living having personally responded to other behavioral health complaints involving religious psychosis i took this as another typical case i was able to get the information and communicate the wishes of the nurse and after explaining the details to the nurse left shortly that after i made it back home and i'm just getting to sleep as i get a call from the operator saying there is a code in the same room and part i just left and i was asked to come back in by the time i made it to the hospital the pt had died arguably the weirdest case i've ever handled Hello, long dense read ahead, and I apologize. Anywho, I was working at around 2am on the north end of my jurisdiction on a dirt road that dipped slightly down in elevation into a tamarack and red-white pine swamp. I am patrolling along the road because it's a known back way for drunk drivers to take to avoid the main route at bar time in between neighboring villages. Just south of me a quarter mile as the crow flies is a small Native American reservation populated with residential, but I am essential working somewhere that I shouldn't see anyone other than passing vehicles. Certainly no one on foot. It's in summer early fall where the days are warm but the nights were cold. As I am driving I have my window down enjoying the brisk temps I am a Wisconsinite and for some reason I was driving fairly slow probably only about 20 mile f. Off to my left I hear very distinctly the sound of water thrashing, and my mind initially thinks I hear maybe a deer or a bear running through the water had seen a black bear the night before near where I was on this night. I came to a quick stop and used my spotlight and left alley takedown floodlight to hit where I thought I'd see something like the black bear fellow. But there was zero movement, just the sound of weighty water slushing away from me. Where I was looking was not thick with woods, but more adolescent pines and smaller underbrush with a dry ridge only 50 yards away from me. I had lots of clear sight lines in between larger pines to the hill past the water. I estimated the water to be only maybe a foot deep, but as I am seeing nothing make the sounds that I am hearing, my mind then thinks that maybe it's a someone in the water but hiding behind a tree to avoid me. And, so I have a concern for them because of how cold it was that morning but I see nothing. The sounds of water moving was very distinct and to me sounded bipedal and heavy, and my perception was telling me that I should be seeing something only a couple dozen feet away from me. But there was just the sound. I called out asking if anyone was there, but nothing. The swishing of water stopped, and I saw nothing walking up the ridge as if it had cleared the water. I didn't spend much longer looking into the barely lit woods over the water. I rolled my window up and continued on briefly hoping that I hadn't stranded a guy in the dark cold wet woods that's what my rational mind was thinking. But there was definitely a shit alarm going off in my lizard brain telling me to boot scoot the duck out of there the moment I didn't see anything running through the water. It was a back of the neck dingly moment. The noise was so loud. Enough to hear it while driving in a vehicle, but there was only the pretty calm shimmer of the water and nothing that I could see running through a foot of water. This happened two falls ago and I remember that morning every time I drive through there. Used to be a P. Oh, I worked late night at the county courthouse. Our job was to do rounds at different times of the night and the rest was to sit at the desk and watch the cameras. Well one night was was doing rounds and went down to the basement to check on some movement. Well what you need to know about this courthouse is its origins are from early 1800. A lot of things were decided and lives ended. Well back to me looks for the movements. I was searched the basement as to what movements I saw and got a feeling of someone walking past me but nothing was there. Felt like a person walked by me. I ran up the stairs and my partner is at the desk asking why I was running and explained my story. After explaining myself he said something similar has happened before to most officers working there. Another night I was working alone, 
I was watch the cams and down in one of the sheriff's cell a light was flickering and I swear I saw the shadow of what I could describe as a person hanging. When I searched the area, nothing just an empty cell. Weird thing happened all the time in that courthouse. If those walls could talk. Saw a couple of stories about veterans so I guess I'll share my dad's story he was a navy pilot so not la please don't hate me. My dad flew a plane that tracked submarines for the US Navy. One day him and his crew were fitting their plane with some new equipment and the hangar was shut down until they were done. Clear as ducking day my dad and another guy of his crew see this guy walking towards the door of offices, wearing what looked like a very old officer's uniform, whose footsteps made no sound. You know how hard it is to sneak across a huge open room like that without making a peep. My dad said it was like watching the most realist projection just walk through the office door and vanish. Him and his crew were really freaked out about the fact someone just walked through a hangar without making a sound that's supposed to be off limits until they were done hangar goes into lockdown and they search the place for the guy to figure out who he is and why he was there only way out from the back offices is that one door he supposedly went through and they found no one my dad and his friend couldn't believe no one was found back there after them both seeing the exact same thing this story was told to me by my employer back in late 1980s. I was manservant butler to famous drama team emergency room physician. Dave as I will call him literally invented the method for reviving those have drowned in frigid water. When he revived an 8 year old that had drowned in 20 below retention pond. Anyway I asked him once if he had any paranormal stories to share. Working for him I noticed he had dozens of books on life after death. I didn't want to pry being I was his butler but finally during an off the clock friendly chat I did. Dave told me as in turn he had lost his first patient a 18 year old girl. That came in during a 5 car crash. He did everything conceivable to save her life but she passed away. It haunted him and psychologically affected him in that he crucified himself that he could have done something else to save her. Fast forward 10 years and he was now a full fledged trauma team physician at major hospital. When a biker was brought in due to a motorcycle accident, his injuries were beyond saving. Yet he was fully consciousness. It was 3 a.m. in the morning that no one of his relations had shown up yet at emergency room. Dave stayed in the room to give the poor guy comfort as he passed on. Well during their conversation, the man passing away described a girl standing behind Dave. Long story short it was the girl Dave had lost as a intern. She scolded him for crucifying himself and to forgive himself. Dave did not see her the message was relayed through the dying man who was reporting what she was saying. Finally after 15 minutes he himself was beginning to pass and said that she transformed herself into a full-blown angelic-like being with radiant waves of wing-like energy coming off of her and she was telling the dying man it was time to go on. Just as the monitor flatlined, Dave reported the entire room burst into a radiant blinding but not hurting light. And for a split second he saw both of them heading off hand in hand into light. Before he passed out to floor himself, a nurse found him five minutes later. The event turned Dave into an atheist since college into a very deep believing Catholic. Dave went on to win several honors for his inventions in EMT trauma team circles. Very cool guy to have worked for him, more like a friend than my boss. Pay was excellent and free health benefits for life. I worked undercover narcotics in the mid-90s through mid-2000s, and back then, crack and coke was still king and being Latino. I was able to get into the Dominican crews that sold out of the multi-family apartment buildings of Washington Heights and NYC, mostly middle to upper level cases where I'd buy ounces up through a couple of kilos before making the arrests. And these cases would usually take upwards of six months to a year to build a connection and relationship with the crews. Other legal budget reasons as well dictated the amount of time spent on the cases. Anyways, I developed a case with this one dude and his crew and I started out buying small, a couple of ounces to gain his trust. I always posed as a dealer myself with guys working for me and my own business to run and these guys would be my suppliers. So weeks turn into months and I am cool with this guy. 
buying from him now and then and he trusted me. So whenever I'd have a meter making a buy I would have the butterflies in my stomach but never fearful for my safety. So on my last buy from him, I scheduled to buy 2 kilos from him and as usual he tells me to go to his crib. Working these operations, I always went wired in with half a dozen guys as backup either ghosting me on foot or within a radio call away if shit hits the fan. I get the final okay from my guy to go up to his place and I notify my team that I am exiting the car and will be on foot. As soon as I left the car, this feeling of dread comes over me. This cold feeling that something bad was going to happen. I was always used to the butterflies but never this cold fear in the pit of my stomach. As I am walking on the block, I am trying to shake the fear away but my senses are on fire. Like I am walking the green mile to the electric chair. I can feel myself shaking. Then I am hearing this voice from within to not go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. I am trying to push through and I feel heavy with cold. I am paranoid now and feel like everyone else on the block is looking at me as if I were a dead man. And I've never felt this way up to this point and I've done a few years worth of undercover buys like this. Finally I give in and walk past the apartment building. I am wiping away sweat from my face and call off the operation. I walk back to my car with tears in my eyes from this fright and call the dude telling him that I had to get back to him and would come back later in the evening. No problem. He says, just call. I regroup myself and meet with my team at a staging area. The fear goes away and I start to feel like myself again. A couple of hours later into the evening when I am ready to call the dude and tell him I am on my way. The sergeant gets a call from homicide guys saying that at around the time that I was supposed to have been at the apartment, my dude and two other guys inside pull out guns and blaze each other down. Blood, bullet casings, kilos of coke, and holes everywhere. Was I gonna be a part of that equation? I'll never know. I'll never ask. I continued working undercover operations for years after that and never ever felt that fear ever again. I'll never ask. I once a very long time ago before college worked midnights as a hospital security dispatcher. I worked in the basement of the hospital. Around the corner the morgue as security are the people who release bodies to funeral homes. I'd have one of the 16 screens of our CCTV system on that at all times as it was the morgue and the washroom across from it. I had an officer come to relieve me so I could use the washroom. I walked down the hall past the morgue and into the washroom that had a double set of doors. I was in a stall and I heard someone come in the washroom opening both doors and the doors closed and I heard slipper foot steps. No one entered a stall or went to a urinal. When I got out of my stall to wash my hands no one was in the bathroom. None of the stalls had anyone and I was baffled as to where the door opening person went. Theses doors did not have mobility electric openers they were pure push and pull. Once I returned to my dispatch I rolled back the CCTV to see what the hell happened. Who is ducking with me near the Morgan opening doors while I'm trying to take a midnight dump? Turns out no one. The replay didn't even show the door open. To this day I'm glad my job isn't in a hospital with my office beside the morgue. I don't believe in the supernatural. However I am still unable to explain what happened that night. I worked night shift at a local hospital and my coworkers and I were all sharing our paranormal experiences with each other the other night. Most involve things that can be explained away malfunctioning equipment, flickering lights, etc. The kind of stuff you call maintenance for and forget about, but a few were pretty weird. So here goes. First was a couple years ago. We were taking care of an older fellow who was totally with it knew who he was, where he was, why he was there, etc. Nothing out of the ordinary. No confusion, nothing. During the day, his family visited, then left when visiting hours ended so he could get some rest. Out of nowhere, at about 2 or 3 in the morning, we heard him talking with someone, so we went in to check on him and make sure he didn't need any help. He was looking at the empty chair next to his bed and talking with his wife, who he could see, but we could not. We thought it was a little odd, 
But hey, he's old, maybe he's got some baseline undiagnosed dementia or something. And was sundowning a bit, not uncommon on our floor. So we wrote it off as some late night confusion. He stops talking with her and goes back to sleep. About 15 minutes later though, we get a call from his adult son who asks us to tell his father that his wife the patients, not the sons had passed away about 20 minutes ago. Second was a little more recent, it's a little after midnight, and visiting hours are over it's just patients and staff now, everyone else has gone home. We head into a patient's room to knock out, some vitals and some medications, and the patient tells us, someone needs to get that kid out of here. We double check the room just to be sure nobody stayed behind, and sure enough, there are no visitors there, kids or or otherwise. We assure her there's no kid in the room with her, and again. Write it off as some late night confusion hallucinations. Once more, not that uncommon. Where it gets weird though, is when one of our co-workers who was on the totally opposite end of the unit comes over to talk with us, and tells us how when he went in for midnight vitals, one of his patients asked him, Hey, did you see that little kid who's been running by? Made us want to call the pediatric floor to ask if they'd lost anybody. But at the same time, we didn't really want to know. Sorry for the long post, not as interesting as a lot of the others, but, hey, Hope you enjoyed the read, the hospital gets weird at night. Not law enforcement. I am a home health nurse, recently I had a really bad day I was supposed to get to her office to do training but still had to see my full caseload. So I called a patient and asked if I could come early my commute to the office takes about an hour but most of my patients are within a 15 minute drive of my house she agrees because she wants me to check her husband who she reports has been acting funny. So I get there and she asks me to go check her husband first so I go back to her bedroom and I sit down on the bed and gently try to wake him. Well turns out he was dead, and probably had been dead for a while but she insisted that he had been alive and talking just before I got there. From what the cavalry could tell he had actually died sometime in the night, but was apparently still talking to her before I got there. I've had a lot of weird ass stuff happen that makes me think there is another side used to do armed security in Denver. If you are familiar with the Lakewood area, there is a place called Claire Gardens. Next to that is a retirement community called Francis Heights. And connected to the Heights is a nursing home called Dayspring. Place is rumored to be haunted. I was told that it was all built over an old orphanage that was ran by two nuns and a priest whom neglected the orphans there and apparently some of the kids that died are buried there. Some of the ladies on the night cleaning staff were about to quit because they would clean the glass panes on the windows and doors, then return later to find little handprints on them. The residents would complain that they could hear kids running up and down the halls laughing and playing. There is an indoor gym next door, and my partner and I got bored one night and decided to go investigate to see if anything scary happened. I remember that sometimes in photos, paranormal things can be captured on film that we can't see with the naked eye. Took a random picture of the inside of the gym while my partner was off exploring and when I looked at the picture, I saw what appeared to be the shadow silhouette of a person standing there looking down at its feet. Decided not to explore so much after that. I am writing a book about the crazy experiences that happened on the job. People think nothing happens on duty as a rent-a-cop. We have our days too lol. Not a cop. The police came to my door asking if anyone lived next door. A single lady did. No husband. No kids. She kept to herself. She hated kids. Anyway, she had actually left for somewhere a few days before, and her car wasn't in the driveway. Told the police she wasn't home, but she's the only one that lives there. Paramedics show up now. They said they got an alert from one of those I've fallen and I can't get up things can't remember product name and that it was listed to that house. So just to list what's going on so far. One lady isn't home. Two lady isn't old enough doesn't have any disabilities that would require her to have one of those alert things. Three the police were there because they got a call from the landline in that house. Four WTF. So the police go around the house and look through all the windows. No signs of life. Lights out. Nothing on. She has no pets. So it wasn't an animal. Nobody knows WTF happened. 
happened, but there was a call to 911 and an alert thing from that house that night. Not a cop but I am an Air Force vet. This is the weirdest creepiest thing to ever happen to me. I was TDY at Osan AFB in South Korea. Osan AFB is about 50 miles from the DMZ. My job was loading weapons on aircraft. We were in an exercise at the base. Basically this is a simulated war. My crew and I four people were sitting in a hardened hangar a bunker for aircraft with a F-16 loaded with 12 bombs MK-82 and 4 AM missiles AIM-9. We had just finished up a simulated attack on the base and the all clear was given. I was walking in the back of the bunker down a small hallway to join my other three colleagues in one of the back rooms of the bunker. All of a sudden the temperature inside the hall goes from 60 something degrees to about ass cold. I am talking you can see your breath. I get this creepy ass feeling that someone is standing right behind me. All the hair on the back of my neck stands up. My eyes start watering. A feeling of dread comes over me that I've never felt ever before. Whatever it was, it was a dark, evil presence. All of a sudden I hear this snap 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 sound coming from the bunker. The sound brings me back to reality. It was loud enough that my crew in the back room heard it. My crew leader Dave comes out the back room and says, WTF was that? Why is it so cold in here? I motion that the noise came from the jet. The aircraft is powered down. No APUs running. It's just sitting there. Dave walks over to the jet and is looking over the jet and yells to us. Get Eid on the radio right ducking now. Every ducking weapon on this jet is armed. Eid is explosive ordnance disposal. They are the ones that disarm explosives if a jet has live weapons on it if the aircraft comes back with hung stores bombs that didn't drop. Great job huh? A 4000 female area around the bunker was evacuated. Eid comes in and does their thing. Of course the people in charge want to know what happened. We get grilled by a few officers in separate rooms. We had to fill out an incident report on what exactly happened. We weren't in trouble or anything. We just basically all had to say the same thing and verify we weren't effing around. There are two things that make this story so effed up. One it is literally impossible for weapons to arm themselves on a jet that's on the ground, let alone with zero power to it. Bombs and missiles have to be in flight in order for them to activate their fuses. To the bunker we were in, my crew and I did some asking around about it turns out, during the Korean War, Osan AFB was attacked by communist North Korean troops and some unfortunate men on the base were captured and garroted hung with safety wire in that very same bunker. Talk about a mind duck. I used to be a flagger for an oil and crew in the country, mostly dust patches for farms or patches of bad road, just not main highways anyways. I had a doctor's appointment around 10 that morning. We weren't too far out from where my doctor was, so my boss told me to take my flagger truck, drove into town had upsetting news regarding fertility. He basically told me it would be very difficult to get pregnant. And it pretty much crushed me. I knew I should have taken more time to get myself together. But my radio could still pick up the crew. And it sounded like they were busy. So off I went. Brain not in the game. I was looking for my turn off and didn't realize another bigger company's truck pulled off a bit ahead. So I was coming pretty fast up to him without realizing. All of a sudden, I hear this voice like it was right behind my ear. And this voice says sternly, look up. And I look. The driver was out of his truck and I swerved out of the way narrowly missing the truck. And the driver. If I hadn't heard that voice, I absolutely would have nailed that guy with my truck. Obviously, no one was in the truck with me. But still freaks me out a little. I was helped by a EMT before not the same but definitely paranormal I swear. Everyone else says I was hallucinating. I had been attacked by a man. Got me with a knife from my shoulder almost to the base of my ribs. I'm sitting there calling for help and I see this woman walk up to me all glowing and shit and she puts her hand on my chest and it's really warm. End up passing out and when I ask about the woman nobody knows who I'm talking about. No one at the hospital matches that description and the EMTs that brought me in were male. I swear she was an angel or something but everyone just thinks I was in shock and hallucinating. 
probably not as good a story as others. I am a paramedic and I remember this one job I went to not that long ago. It was a call for a 30-year-old dude having seizures convulsions. We arrive on scene and his wife is there and she says straight off the bat that their kids are at her parents and they decided to smoke a bong together. Which is a rare occurrence in itself but he has never reacted like this before. Anyway, I turn around the corn into the hallway and sure enough there is this dude shaking big time. Not normal tonic clonic seizure type but gross motor contortioning. Anyway I start loudly telling him to quit it and after maybe 15 seconds he stops and then starts twisting himself towards us and starts talking in a really creepy voice. The kind of voice that you use to impersonate a demon. Really low and gruff like. As he starts half crawling towards us and saying weird shit. We bail. I yell at my partner and his wife to get outside and get in the ambulance ready for a speedy getaway. This guy gets a bit of speed up quickly and he is not far behind me by the time I make it out. To stall him I shut the security door and jam it closed with my foot so he couldn't open it. So we are looking at each other through the wire door and he just sits down and crosses his legs. Again in this strange voice he starts saying shit like he is going to eat my soul and that it's too late. We quickly call the cops to get here ASAP. And when they get there he talks to them normally and none of the cops believe us. When they bring him outside he sits down cross-legged again on the concrete driveway and stops interacting with anyone. Out of nowhere he starts cackling and like nails on a chalkboard he reaches out in front of him and rakes his fingernails across the concrete. We literally watch fingernails chip and some completely pop off his fingers. All the while cackling. Anyway, the cops just jump on him, cuff him and throw him in the divvy van. The cackling and fingernail things still creep me out. I hate that guy. Not a cop but a security guard. I worked at a night desk in a retirement home. I had three strange incidents happen while I was there. The front doors formed a vestibule and were triggered by motion. In the vestibule we kept walkers and a wheelchair for whoever needed one. One night I stepped outside for maybe three minutes. When I turned to go back in the wheelchair had been placed in the center of the vestibule without opening either of the doors. The lobby had two large wooden tables and chairs. They were solid and heavy. One night I was summoned to help a resident to get to her apartment I go upstairs. Render 8 and returned downstairs to my desk. I walked the whole room before realizing a table and chair had been placed across the lobby. These things were huge and heavy. No way could elderly people have moved them. Across from my desk and through the lobby was a door to the kitchen. The other was locked. As in every kitchen there were stacked stainless steel pans. One night I heard a loud clatter. I get up and go see what's up. Two pans had been lifted from the stack and tossed to the floor. There was no way anyone could have been in there without being seen. My dad was a cop for 27 years. He told me about an unfortunate car accident where our mother and her young daughter were killed. Later in the day, after the accident was cleared, another mother and her son were driving past the exact place where the accident had occurred. The son started telling his mother that he had seen a little girl along the side of the road by herself. The mom didn't see the girl, but doubled back to look for her. They couldn't find her, but the mom assumed that the little girl was lost and had run away from where they saw her. The mom called the police and my dad showed up back at the same scene. When he asked the boy for a description of the girl that he saw, the boy described the exact clothes that the little girl from the accident was wearing and exactly what she looked like. I know you asked for police firefighters and first responder response. I just had to share this story. I am a cable technician for Comcast in the Portland, Oregon, Vancouver, Washington area. I was working close to downtown Portland a few years ago when I had a job for an installation of our products at a Roman style apartment. You know the kind the building is square with a huge common court in the center. I was training a new employee so he was riding along with me. 
we get to the residence and meet with the really sweet older woman and she explained what she wanted then asked what she should do with her satellite equipment. Working for Comcast I said I have no clue. LOL she then explained she was originally going to have satellite, but when the technician came to do the install he had to run new lines to her apartment to provide her service. He went into the basement and where her apartment is the basement has one access that is padlocked and bolted shut. The original owner of the building had done this and the new owner did not know why. Anyway the tech goes down to do work leaving the equipment in the customer's apartment to install once all the lines are ran. Hours pass and she heard nothing from this satellite tech she goes to look for him. His truck is gone his tools and cable are in the basements she called the company she had requested service from and was told the technician left and refused to go back to the building. No explanation was given, that is what she was told. Now I am there and notice I have to run new lines. So I take the new employee leave my equipment I, her apartment and proceed to the basement. Here is where I started feeling really off and honestly I was a little scared. As she got to the door that was barred and padlocked I had my headlamp and my maglite mini on hand. As I opened the door I noticed it was pitch black I mean dark. My new employee refused to go in. I walked in and first off the creepiest thing I have ever seen was a huge boiler. Like the heart of the house in the movie Monster House. LOL anyway I had to go to the far side of the basement to run the cable and attach to the overhead beams. I felt a severe apprehension at being in there. Like someone was staring murder at me. The new tech left me down there taking one of the lights with him, so I started talking to myself apologizing for being in the space that I would d be there long. I was apologizing for shit I did when I was 5 just to apologize I felt that was what was needed. I was little, more than halfway done and still apologizing when I was forcefully pushed into the wall in front of me. I finished my work and quickly backed out of the room. When I got back out of the basement my heart was pounding and my back started to burn. I asked Jacob to look at my back and he saw what looked like hot spots on my back and he put his fingers up and they matched fingertips there were 10 like I was pushed. I told him what happened he sat in the truck and quit at the end of the day. As much as I that was scary it was the coolest thing to have happened to me. Thanks for letting me share. My grandpa was part of the force a few decades back. And he would tell me this story all the time. He got a call to head to an old house. It was on the back of the street and surrounded by vacant properties. Anyway he and his partner knocked on the door and some opens it up. I remember him telling me his first thought was god damn someone lives here. Anyway they walk in and it is a pretty up shape home. It's nice and clean. And it even has a gas oven. The owner tells him that her daughter sees a man every night. And. He just sits next to her on her bed. They walk upstairs and the search the room in the attic. No footprints or anything. So they walk downstairs and tell the owner they have to leave. They come back every once in a while. As they get the same call. And eventually the homeowner moves away with her daughter. They received a 911 call from the new homeowner. And this is a few years later. All the vacant homes and the old one was torn down and new ones were built. The mother, whose husband was killed in an accident says that her daughter is having trouble sleeping. Grandpa asked her why and she replied with a man sits down on her bed and talks to her. Grandpa said he searched and found nothing, but he just wanted to get out of there. Still says it was his best case though. I work at a prison where majority of the building original purpose was a state hospital and tuberculosis sanitarium and some of the buildings are over 100 years old. So most of the buildings used to serve as hospital rooms or medical staff office homes. Just about each building has its ghost story resident ghost. The oldest building there are offices and is home to the lady in the blue dress. I've never personally seen her. But other officers who patrol our perimeter say they see her looking out the windows of the building. Even new staff who have no clue about her often call her in saying there is someone in the building. And describe her the same every time. Also I occasionally have to go into this building to do a shakedown which is a search of the building to look for contraband, weapons, other things of interest. Also I am doing this in the middle of the night. Which doesn't make things better. Another ghost that I often hear about is George. He haunts the kitchen but he doesn't really do much. He will turn on the radio and change stations. He likes classic rock. 
he will move chairs and move the officer station desk which is on camera and I've seen it bump about 5 inches in the middle of night. There is the doctor. In a living unit that used to serve as the state hospital patient rooms now turn into inmate cells. This building has 5 stories on the 5th floor it used to have doctor offices. Sometimes you can see the doctor walking down the hall looking at charts and then just turn and walk into the wall where there used to be a door. In the basement of this building also had the morgue which I absolutely hate when I have to go down there to check things. This place is huge. I takes about 5 minutes to walk the entire basement and the morgue used to take up about one four of the space at certain point where you can walk past and the temperature drops like 15 of there are old houses that the higher-up doctors would be given so them and their family could live close to the hospital and these buildings scare the shit out of me most of them have no power in them anymore they are used for several things like storage offices one are sort team use but they are still terrifying to search at 3 a.m. There is so many other ghost stories at this place I hear about a new one about every month if not every week. Either from inmates or other staff. Don't know if this will even be seen but shoot. Might as well post it since it's a fun story. Not a cop or anything but a tour guide at a French Indian war fort. The place has a reputation for being haunted and the ghost hunters have been there but overall. It's a pretty quiet place and most of the workers think people just hear the building creak and groan and attribute it to something paranormal when it isn't. But anyway, on one of my tours, I was talking to an older gentleman like 60-70 and he was telling me that he realized he was a sensitive can see, hear, feel ghostly presences easily when he was a little boy and his grandmother died. He told me he wasn't allowed to go to her open casket wake because he was too young. But while he was sitting home with a babysitter, he told me his grandmother just suddenly walked through the door, came up to him, smiled and waved goodbye before disappearing. So when his family came home from the wake, he said to them, Grandma sure looked pretty in her dress. They looked at him with question marks on their faces and said, How would you know? You didn't see her. He told them, She came to say goodbye, and then proceeded to describe in detail exactly what she was wearing. He said his family was stunned. So when he gets to this part of his story something odd happened. We are standing outside in the middle of August, so needless to say it was sunny and warm. When on my right side, I can only describe it as it felt like someone had turned an air conditioner on not two feet away from me. It wasn't just a cold breeze or anything like that. It was continuous, lightly blowing cold, cold air and it wasn't stopping. I said to the man, do you feel that? He looked at me with a little smile on his face and said, there's someone listening. In on our conversation, he's standing just a little to your right. The cold air persisted for about a minute or two while we just stood there in silence when finally it disappeared altogether, like someone had switched off the air conditioner. And right at that moment he said, he's gone now. I've worked in the place for about six years now and this was my only real experience but I can still remember the feeling of that cold, cold air and how the air actually moved and blew, like from a fan or air conditioner. And that fact made it all the more creepy and real to me. My mom is a cop. She has this story from when she was on the beach she chased this lad down an alleyway that had a dead end. He turned the corner, her and her mate did, and the kid was gone. Apparently the wall was like 9 foot high and impossible to scale. I've been down this alleyway as it's in my hometown. Now, there's no way in hell I could get over that wall, but an agile kid, with a lot of upper body strength, adrenaline pumping, I maintain he could have scaled it. She doesn't think so, but I can't see there being any other way. Suicidal subject let's call him Stan. Known to most of you guys I work with. Former military. Wife called saying he claims to have powers and thinks he has to kill himself to save himself yeah. You read that right. Of course I was working that zone that night. The other two people on my side of the county working with me were on another disturbance call fairly far away and they had just got on scene. While driving to the house I asked dispatch to get someone from a neighboring city to assist protocol dictates that I had to request assistance so they could leave their jurisdiction but the closest officers were tied up too. I'd be alone for a while. 
I'm not looking forward to the call. The man was big and had what we called farmer strength. He wasn't ripped but he was incredibly solid and his hands were like grabbing rocks. Last time I had to wrestle with him he threw me through his trailer door I'm 6'2", 240 and at that time pretty solid. I pull in his driveway and he is sitting on the porch, rifle in his lap. His wife is nowhere to be seen. I put the charger in park and quickly let dispatch know he is with the rifle and I went net direct I'm now the only one that's supposed to talk on the channel, Stan. Where's your wife? I sent her away. He days without even looking at me. Well shit. Dispatches in my earpiece telling me that backup is inbound from two towns over. I have to know where his wife is and I have to get that rifle out of his lap. Come on Stan. Why don't you put the rifle down and let me talk to you? I walk to about 15 yards away, ready to draw if he so much as flinches in my direction. Finally he looks at me and says okay. I don't need the rifle anyway. And he throws it to the side. I have powers. What kind of powers do you have? I ask as seriously as I could. He grins and says you'll see. Right on cue I notice something white and big moving in my peripheral vision. It's my car and it's gone forward about 10 feet before running into an old rusted barbecue grill. He starts crying. No, that's not a strong enough way to describe it. Stan starts bawling. In between sobs he says how sorry he was and he needs help. I tell him I can get him some help if he'll let me cuff him. He stands up. Walks forwards off the porch before getting on. His knees. Cuffs go on. Ankle cuffs too. I asked him where his wife was. He told me the truth. He had sent her away. She was next door through a wooded area. The rifle was an older .3006 and was unloaded. Hadn't been fired in a while. He's now calm enough that he can be transported by ambulance to a hospital that he frequented. Yes. Some of you cyber detectives have probably guessed that I had left my car running when I got out of it. It was pretty common to leave it running almost all night. See. My laptop's battery was shot and it would die if the car was off. Anyway I did put it in park. The part I'm leaving out was the transmission trouble I had been having after my car had been repaired after an accident another fairly long story for another time. See, the car was hard to shift into drive and just getting it in a gear was trial and error. It didn't shift into park and apparently didn't even shift into neutral or reverse on the way either. It sat with a front tire and must have finally built enough torque to make it over the hump and right into the grill. Right. Faint sounds of X-Files theme while fading to black. Thanks for watching.